Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, oven bit, co-host of the show, and Molly's right-hand gal. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. We've got a gallon of full-fat, whole-milk content for you in today's episode. First up, it's a slow-churned, tricky trivia. Then, our friend and producer Chad is talking with a dairy farmer who's keeping it old school in Ask a Grown-Up. And last but certainly not least, it is how-to time with Tess Cook Andrea. Ah, we sure are milking this week for all it's worth, aren't we, Molly? Down to the last drop. Well, we should get started before we spoil anything for our listeners. Don't have a cow, man. Let's just go to our theme song. Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. I'm going to need some ketchup. Mystery recipe. Don't have a cow. Yeah, it means, like, calm down or don't freak out. Don't have a cow. Don't have a cow? Uh, I don't get it. Cows are normally pretty calm and sweet. Are they not? Actually, now that you mention it, I don't really get it either. It's one of those sayings that has just been around for so long that people know what it means. Like elbow grease? Because greasy elbows just means to me that you're doing something wrong. I mean, I can't imagine how that would be helpful. Or a piece of cake? Cake is a lot of work to bake and frost, and then to go through all of that just for a piece? Not so easy. Did somebody say cake? Parker! We are just talking about turns of phrase that don't actually make any sense. (laughs) Oh, like... That potholder's got more loose threads than a craft store. You all right? My mom always used to say that. So, I think it's time for some tricky trivia. Tricky trivia is where Molly tells us a fact about our special ingredient theme, and Parker gets to help the listeners guess whether it's true or false. Are you ready to play? Ready as a casserole right out of the microwave. Here's your first one. True or false? Milk comes from black and white cows, and cream comes from brown cows. So, Parker, is this true or false? Do milk and cream come from two different types of cows? Who do you think I am? Of course they come from two different types of cows. There are two different dairy products. Can't trick me into this one, Molly. Cream is super thick and rich, and milk is what you drink with dinner or put on your cereal. They even come in different bottles, Molly. True, true, true. Not quite. The answer is false. While cream and milk are two different consistencies, they both come from the same type of cows. Cows with all different colored hides produce milk, like brown, black, white, or spotted cows. 
The trick in this question is that cream and milk start as the exact same liquid. All milk-producing cows make milk, and some of that milk might later become cream. When whole milk sits out, or, more often, is put in a machine called a centrifuge, the less dense fatty cream separates from the more dense milk. The thick cream floats to the top, and the lower fat milk remains on the bottom. Both are delicious. You just use them for different things. Who knew? Who moo? Ah, sorry, I just had to jump in there. You set me up. Time for your next one, Parker. True or false, you make butter, whipped cream, yogurt, custard, and ice cream with milk. So is that true or false, Parker? Can you make all of those things with milk? Oh, I love a good list. Good thing I was listening. Butter, yes. You shake it up. I've seen the video. Whipped cream, yes. We just talked about cream. Yogurt, I think so. It's white like milk and creamy like cream. Custard, same. Ice cream, also true. So then, it must be true. Nice work. Yes, all of those dairy products start as milk. Some use cream, others don't. Some use a combination of milk and cream and a whole bunch of other ingredients. But they all start with milk and are delicious. Ice cream especially. With whipped cream on top, dairy on dairy. Cows squared. Okay, last one. True or false? An open can of sweetened condensed milk can be left on the counter for weeks without spoiling. So, Parker, true or false? You can leave a can of sweetened condensed milk on the counter for weeks. I have a question for you first. Go ahead. What is sweetened condensed milk? Is it super tiny miniature milk? For those on the go who don't have time for a full glass, of course. No, but I see why you would think that. Condensed, in some cases, does mean to make smaller. But sweetened condensed milk is basically milk in which 60% of the water has been removed and then a bunch of sugar is added. It's pretty tasty. Okay, that's helpful. Well, if most of the water is removed, does that help it last longer on the counter? Sugar helps prevent things from going bad. I know that. So, true? Yay, Parker, it is true. Not that I recommend you open a can of sweetened condensed milk and leave it on the counter, but if you did, it wouldn't go bad for a long while, mainly because of the reason you just said, the lack of water and all the added sugar. I recommend using it sooner rather than later, though, in something like a custard or pudding. Wow. So, to recap, milk comes from cows. It can be used to make cream, yogurt, butter, and ice cream. And sweetened condensed milk can be left out for weeks without spoiling. Wow, nice, Parker. You really were list an egg. <laughs> Thank you, Parker. All right, up next, our friend Chad is back with another edition of Ask a Grown-Up. Today, he's talking to Earl Ransom from Stratford Creamery. Earl is doing things the old-fashioned way, bottling his own milk with a particular love for his cattle. We'll find out more right after the break. It's time for a word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. 
Hey, grown-ups! If you're anything like me, it's easy to let grocery shopping fall to the bottom of your to-do list. Kroger's grocery delivery service has taken the stress out of the process. You don't even need to leave your house. Shop online and get fresh groceries delivered to your house in as little as an hour. And who doesn't love a delivery? My daughter Olive sure does. It's a package. What do you think is in it? I don't know. This is all special for you, Olive. The nice people at Kroger sent us all these snacks just for you. Learn more at Kroger.com. What does that look like? A tree. Tree? It kind of looks like grapes. And what's that? Hi, grown-ups. We wanted to tell you about Driscoll's raspberries. So we asked some kids about them. So what can you tell me about raspberries? A raspberry is a small red berry. It tastes like a combination of sour and sweet. It's a berry, and it listens to jazz. Like smooth jazz, like that kind. How about sharing? What can you tell me about sharing? Sharing with someone is about you got something that another person likes, but they didn't get it, and you share it. It's because making other people happy. Sharing is pretty important. Being nice is also important because you might get karma. Driscoll's worked hard to be able to share their raspberries with you. They searched high and low for the perfect variety that is sweet and delicious all year round. Show them how you share Driscoll's raspberries by using hashtag SweetnessWorthSharing on Instagram and Twitter. If you listen to smooth jazz, make sure you are not on a bush. You may be mistaken for a raspberry. And we're back, just in time for Ask a Grown-Up. Take it away, Chad. Thanks, Molly. Today, I'm talking to Earl Ransom from Stratford Creamery. Stratford Creamery is an organic dairy farm in Stratford, Vermont, where Earl raises cows and bottles his own milk. So can I ask you to introduce yourself for us today? Uh, Yeah, my name is Earl Ransom. I am an organic dairy farmer in Stratford, Vermont. I milk 80 currency cows, and we bottle all the milk on our farm. Our farm is Rock Bottom Farm, and our creamery is called the Stratford Organic Creamery. So as a dairy farmer, Earl, what does a typical day on your farm look like? So I, I usually wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. We go and get the cows from the pasture that they've been grazing on overnight. We bring them into the barn. Uh, we milk all the cows. It takes about two and a half hours to milk all the cows. And then the cows go back out to graze in the pasture. In the summertime, I spend most of my days uh, making hay and growing corn and other things to feed to the cows in the wintertime. And in the wintertime, I spend most of my days feeding the cows things that we grew in the summertime. Also during the day, in the creamery, which is attached to the barn, we bottle milk four days a week. We put milk into glass bottles. And on Wednesdays, we make ice cream. How many cows do you have on your farm? We have about 120 total cows. 80 of them are milkers. The the rest of them are calves and heifers. So a heifer is a cow before she's had her first calf. Do the cows have names on your farm? Yes, all of our cows are named when they are born. It gets a little bit tricky after a while, you might imagine, because we have a lot of cows. So we have a couple of rules about naming cows. Generally speaking, the person who finds the calf gets to name it. The 
name of the calf has to start with the same letter as the mother. So, for instance, we have a whole family of cows whose name starts with P. We have a whole family of cows whose name starts with N. It's a little tricky after a while, after a couple of generations. Sometimes we recycle names, but not very often. And do you notice that they have sort of unique personalities? Absolutely. Some of the cows are, some cows are aggressive and pushy. Other cows are kind of shy and not very assertive. Most of them are not particularly interested in people, but some of them are very interested in people. So some of them, any person that goes in the pasture, they'll come over to say hello, and they want to smell you, and they want to lick your shoes. And then there are the ones that are, are a little skittish, and they'll like actually, if you get too close to them, they will move away from you. So they, they cover the whole range. So it sounds like a lot of cows to keep track of, but compared to other dairy farms, how big is your farm? So in the state of Vermont, which is where I live, um, the average size of a dairy farm is about 120 milking cows. Compared to the rest of the country, we're a very small farm. If you look in the Midwest or California or Texas, there are farms there that have thousands of cows, tens of thousands of cows in some cases, all in the same facility. But we've decided to stay the size we are because it it works for us. Once you've milked your cows, where does that milk go? How do you get that milk to your customers? We built a creamery that's attached to the barn, so the milk goes from the milking parlor into a tank, and it goes from that tank into uh, a pasteurizer, which um, pasteurizes the milk. It heats it up and cools it down. That kills any bacteria that might be in it. It goes into a glass bottle in the same building. It goes on a truck, um, in, you know, it's in a milk crate, glass bottle in a milk crate, onto a truck, drive to the store, drop it off. Is that common for dairy farms? No, it's actually very uncommon. Most dairy farms, the milk goes into a tank and then it goes on a truck. And then the truck goes to other farms and picks up milk from a bunch of farms and then drives to a milk plant, which might be far away. And then that milk then goes through the same pasteurization process and then onto a truck and then to the store. So what do you think the benefit is of bottling your own milk yourself? I think the biggest benefit is that, you know, we have just one herd of cows. So we know everything that happens with those cows. We know what they've done. We know what our management is. So we know the quality of that milk and we can tell that story to the customer and then the customer can choose to buy our milk because it came from our cows on our farm. But there are lots of other farms that are starting to process their own milk on on their farm all over New England, actually all over the country. Lots of smaller farms are, you know, have decided to start processing their own milk and they all have unique individual stories and herds of cows that are all unique individuals. And uh, most of them are very good at what they do and are producing a high quality product. If you want to find a local farm that's bottling milk, they're always happy for new customers. Amazing. Well, Earl, thank you so much for talking to us today. I appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Cotton fibers. It sounds like they knew each and every cow personally. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Not every day someone in an industry as big as the dairy industry still treats the animals on their farm like a pet and a friend. I wish every dairy farmer did things that way. You and me both, Mitzi. So, not every dairy farm knows each and every cow by their name? That's right. Every dairy farm is different, of course, but many have lots and lots of cows. It can be tough, but it helps me feel better about what I eat when I'm able to do a little research and look up a bit about the company I'm buying from. Just means I'm an informed shopper. Huh, an informed shopper, huh? 
Well, you, Molly, are one of the most informed people I know. Yeah, you know a little bit about everything. Not automatically. I may seem informed, but really I'm just curious. I have lots of questions about the world around me. And instead of never knowing one way or the other, I often take the time to look up answers to the things I want to know. Like which dairy farm treats their cows extra nicely. I like that. It's one thing to have a lot of questions, but it's even better to look for the answers yourself. Andrea! Hey there, Andrea. Speaking of answers, it's how-to time. Andrea here is a test cook at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and things like the Young Chef's Club box. You can see tons of our recipes, including Andrea's, by going to atkkids.com. Hi, Molly. Hi, Mitzi. Thanks so much for being here. No thanks needed, Molly. I love helping Parker hone their kitchen skills. I'm learning so much. My diner is going to get rave reviews. I can see it now. Five stars. Best cotton decor. Why is everything square? Ah, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. What are we learning about today, Andrea? It's sort of similar to what we learned last week. Any guesses? Well, let's see. Last week, we learned how to measure dry ingredients, like flour. And we always learned a technique that relates to the ingredient of the week. And this week is milk week. Hmm, are we going to learn how to measure milk? That's right. Good job, Parker. Uh, I was really banking on how to milk a cow. I don't think milking a cow is a technique most of us would need when cooking at home, Mitzi. But a fun skill to learn, I bet. I don't really know any cows, though, sorry to say. Instead, I'm going to show you the best way to measure all kinds of liquid ingredients. First things first, we need the right tool to measure with. Do you remember what we used to measure liquid ingredients, Parker? We talked about it last time. Hmm. We used dry measuring cups to measure the flour last week, but we also talked about liquid measuring cups. That's what we're going to need, right? That's right. Liquid measuring cups look like a cup with a handle and a spout. They are often clear so you can see the liquid inside. They also have writing on the side that helps you measure how much liquid is in the cup. They come in lots of different sizes, from small ones that only measure one cup to really big ones that measure eight cups or more. Wow, eight cups is a lot of liquid. I could take a bath in there. Well, lucky for you, we are gonna use this two cup measuring cup to measure out one cup of milk. I have a carton of milk here when you're ready to try it. Oh, I was born ready. Here we go. Just let me open the spout here. One cup, all set to go. How can you be sure that's exactly one cup, Parker? Remember, when we're measuring ingredients, we want to be as precise as possible. We want the exact amount, no more, no less. Well, I filled the cup to the line that says one cup, so that should be exactly right, right? That depends on where you were when you checked. Right here, standing next to you? Do you mean, like, where I was emotionally? Right now, I'd say, I'm in a place of growth, but I'm not very centered. No, I mean, did you look at it from the top? 
The side? The bottom? I looked at it from the top. It's easy to see because the cup is clear. The best way to make sure you're measuring an exact amount of liquid is to set the measuring cup on the counter and bend down to look at what's called the meniscus line at the liquid surface. Did somebody say biscuits? No, manzoukis. Almost. Meniscus. The meniscus line is the line formed on the surface of liquid in a container. It has a very slight arc, or curve. The liquid in the middle of the cup dips down a bit lower than the liquid touching the sides, and so you want to read the bottom of the arc in the center of the cup to be the most accurate. So right here in the middle, where it dips just a little bit. Yep, that's right. Oh, wow. I guess this is actually a little less than a cup. Let me add some more. Bend down to check. Here you go, Andrea. This should be exactly one cup. So, Andrea, how did Parker measure up? That looks great, Parker. Well done. I'd say they are the cream of the crop when it comes to measuring. I thought this was milk. It is milk. That's just a saying, Parker. Great job. All right. I'm a natural measurer. That was amazing. Thank you, Andrea. Anytime, Parker. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Andrea. Well, that's about all the time we have today, but we'll be back next time to whip up some science in our pressing questions segment, followed by something unexpected in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is yet? Ah, I'm excited! If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you like our show, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. Until then, keep keep on cooking. cooking! Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a bottle of Heinz tomato ketchup. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a cupcake. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a salty sweet chocolate chip cookie. Kaya Williams was the associate producer for this episode. She is a caramel brownie. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. He's the cherry on top. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a fizzy drink. Our post-production supervisor is Ken Margolis in Artichoke. Our production manager is Diane Knox, who is also Broccoli. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a garden-grown green zebra tomato. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a homemade ravioli. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, deputy editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, assistant editor, Katie O'Hara, Senior Editor Afton Cyrus, Test Cook Andrea Vavjin, and Test Cook Cassandra Loftlin. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Neo Sihi. Special thanks to Earl and Amy Ransom of Stratford Creamery. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. How about friendlier than a wooden spoon? Have you heard of that one? Yeah, Andrea says that about me all the time. Good one. 
Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 